hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Karen. Hi. Oh, my God. Like, we're recording early, but we had a great convo earlier as guests. And that was like coffee to me. I'm glad we did that to get me like... I know. I'm excited. We're we're like warmed up. Yeah. We had a warm up <laughs> session before this, so I feel good. I feel good. Um, everyone, welcome to the Hoops Talk. We are Liz and Karen, and we are not Kendall, who is still recuperating. Poor thing. No, poor thing. She is. Um, she had her wisdom teeth pulled, and she's on medication, and she's watching Madam Secretary. I think is what she said she was binging. Nice, nice. I've been binging on, um, have you been watching Queen of the South? Have you seen that yet? No, no, Yeah, it airs originally on USA, but it's Mm. on Netflix. There's four seasons, and it's about a a female uh, jefa of the cartel. Like, it it goes from her story as a money changer in Culiacan, or Sinaloa in Mexico, into being the largest Mm. cartel leader of the whole South of the U.S., so... Wow. Really interesting show. Powerful women in there. Like, okay. Fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I've stuck to like dead to me, which my friend. Oh my God. I, mean, I, I love I binge it. second season in one I day. haven't done the second season yet. So, and oh, then okay. watching. Yeah. Don't, don't say anything. And uh, rewatching Succession with my husband. Okay. See, I need so, to do Succession yeah. for sure. Oh, that's, I love it. That's in the queue. I love Succession. Oh my God. That sound, the theme song is a bop. And the sweaters are always on point. And that family is like really, really a mess. So I highly recommend it. It's a formula for fun. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so Kendall, um, we hope that you get better. I'm sure you'll be back for the next episode. Hopefully, hopefully that everything went well with the teeth. Um, But anything going on in San Francisco? Any updates in SF, the Bay? I mean, it's been a heat wave and then it's cold again. So you yeah. know how that goes. Yeah. We're totally in the June gloom right now in Los oh, Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is kind of nice. You know, it keeps us cool, but still like, um, I think we need the sun at least in, to come into the apartments as we're like all like, you know, staying Pasty. at home. <laughs> I, know. I was like, I think I need to buy a, the lighter foundation and cover up oh, now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Or, or, or I need to go get some sun. I don't know, one or the other. But yeah. most likely it's probably going to be get, buying lo- the lighter shades. Um, yeah. So Los Angeles, we are just, you know, keeping it going and um, loving LA. I miss my family though. I wish I could I see know. them. That's my been nephew. the hardest. Oh, I know. That's been tough. That's been tough, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, things are opening up as uh, you might've read here in Los Angeles. I'm still very cautious. And so, you know, we'll take a little bit at a time. LA did um, have one of the highest records of COVID patients on uh, the last day. So, you know, we, it's now a mandate in California that you have to wear masks when yep. you're in certain situations, which you should anyways. Like it's like wearing gloves, a hat, sunglasses, yeah. like, Please. like just put it on. You know what? It's liberating. Cause then I was like, I'm like, okay, yeah, put no it on. need for wake up, makeup, like maybe a little mascara. I'm good. <laughs> No, like just to look at it as the positive, the positive that maybe you won't kill somebody. That's all. Yeah. That should be number one positive. Number one. It's just and like, 
Hey, anyone over there, anyone listening who's like, man, you know, I just can't afford a mask. Listen, I'll send you some hoops talk masks. There you so go. So you hit us up. I'll mail mm-hmm. that shit over to you. Uh, like that transition. Mine yes. are coming in the mail. I got, yeah, mine are being shipped right now. So I yes, Karen would photos. like everyone, Karen would like everyone to know we got hoops talk masks coming up. So you got that. Um, so while with that, let's go ahead and go straight into our intro and, uh, our house, clean, our house cleaning and our updates, um, because we have a guest coming on. So we have another guest for, um, the women crush Wednesday that we're excited to bring on. So really quickly with house cleaning updates, we would love it if you would subscribe, like, and, or review on Apple podcasts and Spotify. We're also on Google play. We're on overcast FM, um, download the good news radio apps to get the premiere of the show that goes live Wednesdays at 6 30 PM Pacific standard time. Um, and then also follow us on, on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at, at the hoops talking. We're on um, TikTok at the Hoops Talk Podcast, and we're on uh, YouTube, which is awesome. We premiere a show every Wednesday to coincide with our live show on the um, the Good News Radio and Podcast app, and we chat. Sometimes we chat um, in their live. So that happens at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And anytime you subscribe, um, you also can set it up for alerts. So you'll know when a show has gone live. But then you can always replay it. So, you know, we don't go away. We are like a piece of gum under the shoe. We're there, sticky, ready to roll, (laughs) cause havoc. I don't know where I'm going with that. But... That's all I got for our um, updates and house cleaning. So we are going to bring on our guests momentarily after this break. Hi, Lila. How's it going? Hi. Hello. How are you all doing? Thank <laughs> you for having good. me. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to the Hoops Talk. Um, sure. I saw you speak to a colleague during one of his Instagram lives and I immediately was like, I need to know Lila. I need to talk to her. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> yeah, she, you were just so like, you know, you had so much to say and I was like, oh, we need to have her. And so immediately we were like, let's reach out to, to Lila. So Lila, you are a sports agent and entertainment publicist. And the owner of Team EBMG, which you said was Ella Bell Media. Ella B. I'm sorry, Ella B. It's all good. Ella B Media Media Group. Group. (laughs) Uh, It is funny. It is a play on the word uh, Bell. So you kind of got got me there. (laughs) But no, I was going to start off in kind of like fashion PR. But I was like, you know, my initials are LB. We can have some fun with this. Our symbol is actually a B. Yep. I'm the queen of the colony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. I love I'm it. I'm in a male-dominated sport and industry. Mm-hmm. And We're going to get into that. And, yeah. Great. Yeah, we are yeah. going to get into that for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. You are, your um, agency or your, your media group is a Los Angeles-based You've had 11 plus years of industry experience representing multicultural clients in sports, music, fashion, TV, film, PR endorsements, earned media. You are just global, global, global. Um, You you have been specializing in Olympic athletes. Most uh, recently, you signed the Olympic bronze medalist, two-time world champion, and four-time European wrestling champion, Frank Chimizo. Yes. Um, ahead of the 2020 uh, Tokyo Summer Olympic Games, 
and you are doing work current currently with Kyle Kuzma of the Los Angeles yes. Lakers. Yes, and sometimes JaVale McGee. Okay. Wait, as a player or a rapper? Or um, both? You know, that's the fun part. The music side is, is really taking a forefront because okay. we're kind of like, you know, extra PR. Yeah. So yeah, the, his music, I tell him all the time, do not shy away from it. Your music is yeah. so good. He's probably like, why is she always telling me this? I'm just like, no, I think you should really be more proud you know, about Pierre Music Group. I think it is beautiful ta- uh, tunes and he got a placement with Justin Bieber. So I was yeah. like, come on. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> he, he is welcome on our show anytime. He wants to drop <laughs> a, hit, a hit here. Yeah. We'll get Dame too and they can do a cypher. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. our platform is open. We will share his music. Sure. We love it, we love it. Um, so as we're starting this conversation, um, you know, you are a sports agent. You're you're female. You're a black female sports agent. How do you transition from that career, or how do you start that career? How do you become it? And then how do you transition to owning your own uh, agency, your own media group? How's that happen? Yeah, I think my path was very unique. Um, I'm I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, right now. This is basically where I started my company. Okay. And right in 2008, as I was finishing college trying to transition into the workforce the great recession hit and Mm, basically it's like I had years of internship experience I was the intern queen I was like I'm gonna always be an intern no one's ever gonna hire me (laughs) and you know I just felt like oh my gosh what can I do so I kind of just you know tapped into my my mentors and they encouraged me like Lila you might have to start creating something of your own so I was like oh no I wanted to join a team and you know starting something from scratch is so hard yeah but I started to realize like no I have all this internship experience I've done amazing work in Atlanta um so I started tapping into my network any small businesses anybody that knows any entertainment projects this is what I want to do and I would just blabber on about everything I wanted to do until I actually had a sorority sister who recommended a independent film. And from that independent film, um, one of the actors came to town to do some, you know, Tyler Perry stuff. Mm. And so I, I, I said, hey, we can really use uh, some PR for your other indie project. What do you think? And she's like, girl, my publicist in L.A. doesn't even like <laughs> just think like that. And so we had a lunch after I hooked you up with Fox 5 out here. And she was like, you should really come to L.A. Your work ethic is crazy. Mm. So I was like, you know, I always just did what I felt was right and what I felt would be cool and fun and smart. But, you know, coming into a workforce where there wasn't a lot of room, but there were still I always knew there were people that needed public relations. And right when my company was really getting it together and I I had did my website, my SEO optimization, um, really my social media and an Olympic gold medalist found me and said, Hey, I'm looking for a PR. And just from there, I was like, boom, that's my entry to the Olympics. I knew I wanted to work more with uh, athletes, but she was like my ticket, my golden ticket, literally. And from there, uh, my agency helped construct the first ever track and field shoe deal with Under Armour for women's sports. Amazing. And my business partner was a champion of women where I didn't even really see it. And uh, it's a male Richard Thorpe. And he was like, I think this women's marketing is about to be something big. And I was like, ah, no, just shrink it and pink it. They'll put whatever out for us. Shrink like, it and no. pink it. Love <laughs> like, it. I think you're, you're right. And I, I started to realize he was right. And um, the women's sports has really taken off. Under Armour started a really nice women's division. And I just kind of seen that grow. It's been a beautiful thing. For mm. sure. 
God, that's awesome. <laughs> My eyes are like, ooh. I know, I know, I know. And you know, it, you're right. To, like Los Angeles sounds like that would have been, I mean, a no brainer with your work ethic and what you wanted to work in with everybody. Everybody needs a publicist out here. Yes. Dog walker needs a publicist, you know. <laughs> like Trainers. Yeah, I'm a pl- the person publicists that like. Publicists now. Yeah. <laughs> people that take care of plants need publicists. I mean, it's like everybody, at least. And that's what I've always known that too. It, it, it is funny, but I've always known that everyone is an expert at something. Mm-hmm. Yes. So everybody, and it's like Andy Warhol says, everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame. That's so how right. can I help you reach audiences? And sometimes I, um, because I have a really good business partner who taught me how to recruit, he, he just recruited for NFL, NBA agents. So he really taught us how to recruit. And I think for the Olympic space, they're kind of like, wow, we, we don't get highly recruited. You know, yeah. we just kind of fall in. We wake up, we want a gold medal for our country. And then it's off right. to the yeah. sunset. And I'm just like, wait, no. You know, we can recruit a little bit more aggressively. Some of these athletes that are kind of like teetering above top yeah. 10 or look like they have some metal potential. We're like, no, let's go after them. And I think sometimes it really catches them off guard because they're like, it's, I think in our society, we've been taught to the people that love you or want you kind of like, that's not good enough. Go yeah. higher. And yeah. so a lot of athletes had to come back and like, wait a minute, she sees something in me. She sees some potential. I need to wake up. You know, this is not just members only. This is like this person sees something. So sometimes I believe in my clients, they didn't even believe in themselves. And they and they tell me it's like everything you said came true. I won a medal. I got or I got top three at the Olympics I or I, I, I beat an American record. And I was like, yeah, because I looked at your statistics and you were trending. <laughs> uh, they probably don't have time to look at. Yeah, they probably don't even have time to look at their own stats yeah, and everything like that. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know with their hyper focus on training, you know, they yeah. probably don't. And so not it, to steer away from the combo, but like even uh, do you see it with a lot of your female athletes? Do they have imposter syndrome like majorly yeah. and don't believe what you yeah, know, that they and, do and what definitely, they can do? And, and, and with women, they always, okay, so I had Queen Harrison as a track and field athlete, and she would win her race and be in full face makeup. I and I was like, yes, NBC ready. I love it. Yes. Yes. She was going to win. Yeah. And so I just love that. I think with female athletes, they got a whole other battle that they're fighting. Right. And I didn't really realize that coming in, because I'm like, whatever, just get your times, beat the other mm. athletes and, and, you know, win. But I think sometimes I, I talk a lot about Gabby Douglas. I watched mm. her in the Olympics how she kind of diminished her shine a little bit yeah. because it was so surprising that she won and it became about race. It came about what her hair looked like. And she was like, I don't want to win anymore. Yeah, she was supposed right. to win in those uneven bars. I was like, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. I'm, <laughs> I'm at the games like, wait till y'all see. Cause you know, with the Olympics, we watch world championships. We watch the buildup. And then I, yeah. I'm like, I can't wait till America finally realize who she is because that's what really matters you know you can talk to media and they're like oh we'll see she needs to make the team first and I was like oh she's gonna make the team same thing with Simone Biles but Simone Biles was a little bit more like no I'm gonna win right I'm not diminishing my shine for anybody and so that was kind of like a learning lesson like do not win just because you're getting criticism that's what it's for they're trying to distract and it's all mental I had a lot of my athletes tell me uh, the sport is 80 percent mental Mm, you know that physical training everybody trains yeah. Everybody's in tip-top shape, especially right. the Olympics. But can you, all the flashing lights and the crowd cheering, can you break through and stick to your race, stick to your competition? And so I just like, okay, I'm learning that for myself. So I learn from my athletes as well. It's a really beautiful exchange. That's amazing. And you know, 
talking about all the travel that you must have to do globally, what are you seeing that might be different than what's happening in the States? And what are you seeing even from uh, industry standard as far as being a a PR agency or, or a sports agent? as it pertains to what we see here in the United States? Well, in the United States, all my athletes are rock stars. I mean, they get off the planes. It's like the Beatles pandemonium. And then they come home after winning gold medals and they were like, eh, we might throw you a parade. <laughs> Dang, Welcome wow. to Team USA. But you have to realize, Team USA, when we have US Olympic trials, it's almost like the Olympics. That's how competitive got it, it is. Got it. Mm. So you got to be in a, a, a Team USA a American first. And then when you go to the Olympics, it's kind of like, duh, we're the best in the world. We have, we're <laughs> such a large nation, and we pull from so many other people, come from other countries, you know, dual citizenships. I've seen it all. Mm. Um, but overseas, for example, Frank Chimizo, I mean, they're like, oh, my gosh, he won a, a gold medal for Italy in wrestling, and he's Cuban. <laughs> okay. And oh, that, crazy. That's been interesting. Wow. Yeah. Espanol. I'm like, es muy poquito. But um, he's like, Ben, whatever. You can speak a little bit. I was like, I can understand. And we sometimes have a translator, but I love him as an athlete. I think he was going to win gold this year. He was going to beat an American, Jordan Burroughs, which, hey, I would have loved to represent the American, but the American wasn't rocking with me, so I went to Italy. So, um, But when they come um, come back home, it's kind of like, wow, I did all these amazing things for the country and nobody really pays attention. So I think it's my my job to say, okay, we're going to break through that. We're going to definitely help you and, you know, transition you. And so some of our clients have been very successful in combining mainstream entertainment, publicity with what they do in sports. And for some people still, they don't get it. They don't get the fusion of Hollywood and sports yet. So that's the thing. But in terms of a media agency, I started to go to the Olympics and started to realize there's not a lot of agents that look like me. I would go to the Sweden house, the Heineken house. Every nation has a house. I would go to Team Canada's house. The USA house, South Africa house. And I was like, oh, there's not, where's the agents? Mm. I would go to the media rooms. And, you know, sometimes I, I can double as a writer and journalist as well. Because mm. I'm like, look, if nobody's going to cover the Olympics, my agency will mm. type up a few blurbs, such and such as one, got some pictures, you know, show sights and sound. I try to, I try to really say, put on my journalism cap because I got a degree in journalism Mm. and just really just like okay if they're not gonna do it I'm gonna have to do it a woman of many hats right and so um but that's the thing so coming back to the states and you know going back and forth and globally it's just like sometimes it's a time zone difference oh I can't bother to watch the games it comes on too late they're in China Mm. or they're in another country so it's like we got to really work with NBC here to figure out like how (laughs) do we maximize like if Gabby Douglas is performing at nine o'clock at night, but it's two o'clock in the morning in this country, it's like, oh my gosh, like they're going to miss the live. It's going to be spoilers. It's just, it's a lot. So you got to really like, I feel like I'm in all 24 time zones at once. (laughs) That's nice. I feel feel like if anybody can do that, it's going to be you. Thank you. A lot of Red Bull. Thanks. You know, many Red Bull sponsorship goes some way. You know, and and kind of also talking about how uh, there's a lot of narratives that aren't being covered by specifically in the United States, um, 
you know, I know you and I had a call prior to this and we did discuss the, you know, there's a lot of storylines that people aren't talking about. Um, one of the big storylines, of course, is the, uh, the stoppage of sports in March mm-hmm. due to uh, the coronavirus. And now we're talking about Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and the protests that are happening, uh, the fight against systemic racism. How are your athletes as Olympics? Because you know, there's a lot of WNBA athletes out there. There's a a lot of NBA that are getting the coverage. You know, I'm not saying that they're not doing it, but from a coverage standpoint, how are you seeing that play out for your Olympic athletes? And how is it playing out in the IOC, which I know is Mm. a nightmare? (laughs) Okay, the IOC has really been a good partner so far in terms of just listening to the athletes and then it's kind of like Trump that defers to the states mm. <laughs> the IOC defers to the USOC okay. y'all handle y'all athletes because that's America and then China's like yeah human <laughs> rights and then we're just like what right. where are you coming from so it's been it's like don't use these athletes as pawns it's mm. just two stories happening here I had an okay. Olympic fencer named Zinga Prescott right when the coronavirus was happening and she got on a zoom call and with, you know, just talk about her 2019 team win, gold, mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. And she's retired from the sport. Well, somebody came into the Zoom chat and was extremely racist. Mm. And uh, Team USA fencing was just kind of like, we don't know what to do. And so for an hour, she sat there being, like, mortified and humiliated. <sighs> and they did Shit. not block that person. Her teammates never said, wait a minute. And some people in the comments section, I said, girl, you should let me know because I would have hopped on. Right. Like, but it was right. such a small thing. And that's how I was like, okay, this must be a more targeted attack because who is checking in the fencing? You right. know, it's right. got to be somebody in the sport. Right. So, uh, come back a few days later, she's mortified. She's, I mean, it's, it took a lot of healing mm. and a lot of conversation. But she, she lashed out and said, you guys weren't there for me. Mm. They're like, and, and she said, I give them a benefit of the doubt. They don't know how to deal with this stuff when it happens, mm. but there should have been some protocol in place. So she's creating a task force for how to oh, even respond awesome. when the athletes are being attacked, how to better protect the athletes. Then come a, a few weeks later, then one of her fencing coaches was went on a tirade on um, a Zoom call, a separate Zoom call, and was just mm. like, Lincoln should have never freed the slaves. Oh, oh my God. What? Criminals. This is one of her fencing coaches. Oh, you, you uh, oh there, my there's God. There's only so many Black people in fencing right, on the international that. level. And it's like, oh, Ugh. these are the Russians. These are the Europeans. Right. This is how they really feel. Yeah. This is why there's wow. these microaggressions. And it's mm. coming out. She put the recording on her feed on her Instagram. And I'm sitting and listening to it. I just threw my phone down. I said, I can't take no more. She was like, why? Yeah. I called her. She's in New York. I'm in LA. You know how the time difference. She's like, I'm yeah. asleep. I can't deal with this. And I was like, girl, who do I need to fight? You know, I, you know, she's the fencer, <laughs> she's the fighter, but she was like, I don't even have time. And so and then we see Team USA coming in and saying, we would love to have an athlete forum. And so I'm like, here it goes. The athletes are going to fall for it. Nope. Race and mobile. he is a fencer. And we have Gwen Berry, mm. who is a track and field athlete. And when they did their protest on the stadium podium, when they, you know, kneeled or raised their mm, fist right. or said something, they received probation. So they were really? invited what? to be a part of, yeah, they were invited to be a part of the athlete forum and they said no. And that was a proud mm. moment for me. Not even, those are not my clients, but I said, I champion and advocate for all athletes, race being a fencer that is white, when being a black female athlete, but they said, no, what's mm. right is right, what's humane is humane. And they, they kneeled in protest. 
with Colin Kaepernick to say, mm-hmm. I can do this too on my sport. If exactly, you're going to put your, right. your computer on the line, so can I. And so I just told them my story about how I've, you know, had problems with other sports agents and racism. Mm-hmm. And they, and just the fact that they retweeted me meant a lot mm-hmm. because I don't want to talk to my clients about this because they're kind of embarrassed that we're even going through it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've just had right. clients, one client, Tyler Clary, he's white Olympic swimmer, gold medalist. My, my cohort, my uh, business partner was trying to go to his competition for a national championship and they wouldn't let him in. So Tyler was like, oh, stop the raid. He was like, he got off the blocks. Good. Where's my good. agent? Yep. Went good. to the door. You got, he's having a problem. Like he has credentials. Mm. You know him. He's helped me with endorsement deals this, this whole year. Yeah, he was like, wow. Just, okay, wow. they're going to do that. So he got all out of the starting blocks and, and really caused the ruckus. Mm. And so, you know, I was, I, I actually shouldn't have to go through that. And sometimes it is embarrassing, but it's not going to diminish us. We're not going to shy away. We're just going to say you have a problem. And I'll tell you, a lot of people that we have problems with are no longer in the sport. Mm-hmm. They've moved on to other leagues. Kind of like, you know, I don't want to say this, but the Catholic Church, how they just kind of moved around some trees <laughs> here and there. Exactly. Like, oh, uh, you oh, you soccer. got a record? Let's move you it's over true. here. No one knows it's about true. your record. I mean, and they're doing that with the cops too. So, oh, yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. But I'm over there. And so yep. I'm just like, okay. But I have seen a, a huge change. And with COVID happening right now, I would just mm. say, um, a lot of my athletes were injured or a lot of athletes just weren't ready um, coming back from injury, like I was saying. And really just sit down and think about your career. I think mm-hmm. it, 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 the, the sports and entertainment can be a distraction. Yes. But what is your totally. life going to be like? What is your legacy? And mm-hmm. so I had athletes that was like, wait a minute. She hit me up a few weeks or months ago and I didn't have time to really list her email. So many things going on. Now I have time. Let me hear what she's talking about. And so I had a volleyball athlete that was like, uh, my head wasn't in the right place. It's on now. I see clearly. And, he, you know, he's a black uh, volleyball player, yeah. male. And he's like, no, my mission is to get more of diversity in this sport. Love it. And yep. the time is now. So yeah. I hear you. I, I'm, I'm seeing your messages on social media. I'm speaking out now. He's speaking out. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. So whether they're getting the attention or not, their audience is what the whole point of all this yes. is that their audience. Right. Fencing might be a small community. Volleyball might be a small community. But the, them speaking out is just talking to those coaches. They may, may not change the world, but you can change yeah. and, and talk, have conversations with your coaches and other athletes that athletes already don't like each other. They're already ready to tear <laughs> each gotta other. They got to compete each other. Yeah, they got to so compete. So they're going to have to use race. <laughs> sometimes I just think they're using race as a way to knock you down off your game mm-hmm. just because there, it's a mental sport. Right. So sometimes it may not be, but it's still you got to check that. And, mm-hmm. then, and the Olympics to me is friendly competition. Instead of going to war, let's put it out on the field. Right. I've seen competing nations help, you know, an athlete might fall running a race and another athlete will say, look, we're losing Pick anyway. Pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> Pick them up and yeah. let's go, yeah. you know? So I've seen that too. And I love that. that I think that's mm-hmm. the spirit of the Olympic Games. Yeah, no, th- I agree with you. I've always, like, I've always <laughs> loved to watch the Summer Olympics. Yeah. I think it's like such a Same. awesome, like, entry into sports in general, you know, like, you know, we both, uh, Karen and I worked at Yahoo Sports. So we always knew that the Olympics was where we're going to get the wide range of viewers that we could then retarget with some of our other sports, um, you know, games that we had available. Um, so yeah, so real quick, you're talking about transitioning. I had a track and field athlete who, you know, set records at her college and high school and, um, she wasn't going to make the Olympic team for track and field. So she transferred her skills over to, uh, bobsled. 
So she went from oh, summer to winter. Whoa. Yeah. And so also because of the kind of like the, the weird stuff she was going on with Team USA, she made the Team USA team. And then um, we didn't like how they were treating her as an So I said, girl, your father Jamaican. Let's go to Jamaican. <laughs> yes. They got and a boxer team. Women yes. I love so, it. Part two. <laughs> I said, let's make some history. So she helped institute the first ever women's uh, Jamaican bobsled team. And we That's she competed awesome, at the 2018 yeah. Korean Games, which was fun. Yes. And I told her, I said, you don't have to worry about meddling. Just get the times. Because yeah. I think in the movie Cool Runners, they crashed out. Yeah. And I was like, girl, just get down this mountain. Okay, don't worry about it. Are you gonna are you gonna send that pitch to Disney to do Cool Runnings Part Two? We have we're yes. In, yes. in the works. We gotta get her if her teammates are listening. Come on, yeah, come on, let's do this. Um, no, but we are in contract negotiations. Uh, the person who did Wonder Woman was fascinated oh. by her story. Her mom hey, worked on Cool Running. Oh, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So, um. Yeah, so her mom works on, on Cool Runnings, and now she's wanting to help with this project, and it's going to be a good story. And I think mm. we're going to see if we can get the guys from Cool Running because they are really involved. From oh. the actor Leon, he he's like, come on, women's your team. Yeah. But also, the actually, like, I think Chris Stokes is his name. Um, they're, like, really still involved. They help bring money to the sport. Uh, Jamaican, when they walked into the 2018 games, they were, like, having fun and doing their little dances and Everybody was like, Jamaica already won the Olympics. They have the yes. coolest march. <laughs> like three of them. But, you know, they're there. And that's what's important. You know, it's so, it's so amazing. I mean, it's so awesome to listen to you because I feel like the energy that you bring is so different than what other, you know, we, we've talked to a few agents, but like that you can bring. And do you feel like, um, your background, you being African American, you having the the experiences that you've had, does that like make your you know your vision for what you want for your media group different? Or you know, there's just I feel like there's something special in you and talking Thanks. to yeah, you, and sure. the fact that you're like, hello, Olympic athletes, you know, this is a great path, and and uh, how you started, you and your partner started looking more into female marketing sports athletes you know what do you think that is you know the vision where does that energy where does that stem what what is it uniquely in yourself that brings I think sometimes it's just the presence in the room you know you first come in you're a little bit naive you're thinking hey hi I'm here we're all friends and they're like you're a potential to take away our clients. I'm like, mm. nobody wants this kayak athlete. <laughs> and then when you have an actual kayak athlete, like I'm going over to another agency, I'm like, oh no, they're targeting me now. Right. They're actually looking at my client news. Nobody was looking at a rowing athlete from Harvard. Sure. I, you know, and so I'm glad for the athletes that stood, you know, stood by my side, but I was sometimes finding them out of nowhere. And so you come into the room, you understand your presence in mm. itself is intimidating. And I didn't know that. So I said, oh, I can play to that. Ooh, I'm not going to be shy. Yep. I'm going to come in even more bold and I, and I come in a little bit more differently. When I talk to my athletes, I'm like, yo, we're not curing cancer. So calm down. Yes, exactly. But we are doing something on a global scale that little girls across the world are going to see. So it's still yeah. very much important. But guys, I'm going to go to the Heineken house. They're having a great time over there. <laughs> NBC's got a party going on. So I'm networking. And then I think mm. when you come to the parties and you are carefully where everybody else is like stressed out. I've actually gone to events like networking events and been mm. like, oh, this client is getting on my nerves. I can't even enjoy the <laughs> event. I'm not even in the moment. But so mm. I said, no, I'm going to be in the moment. 
I'm at the games, I'm at Olympic trials, I'm at a party. Um, sometimes um, NBC opens up their other properties to the Olympians. So we're at the Golden Globes. We're, we found a way to mix Hollywood and awesome. sports in that way. Love so that. I'm like, no, I'm going to eat the free hors d'oeuvres and the free mm -hmm. champagne, and I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> and when you do that, everyone loosens up. People are more open to you. I can now. I'm talking to Jackie Joyner Kersey about girl. You should be doing this with your career. You know, I'm just like, you know, I'm sitting at a party. Like, she's like, really? You think there's a hope for like uh, Olympic legends? I was like, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, we can do some retro throwback stuff. I mean, come on, you are still a hero on the sport. So again, I'm not believing in themselves, but me having the fire and the passion and just, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri originally. So I can't believe, you know, it's like, I'm like, I can't believe we made it. Like, I really cannot believe I made it out of the cornfields of Kansas. But um, I, like I said, I went to a mass communication um, writing magnet school. So that got my, what you guys okay. are doing is I was doing this as a young girl. And I was like, I like this, but I wanted to go behind the scenes. Mm. Um, I went to a classical Greek, Paul Robeson Middle School in Kansas City and also mm. uh, Central High School, which also is the same high school Walt Disney went to. Okay. But I think I have a knack for storytelling. Yeah. But combining media and sports is what, you know, I've been primed for. Right. So coming from Kansas City and having these experiences, it's like, you know what, like this, we can do something powerful here. Um, but I know our schools have been defunded, but they still have the old gymnastics facility, but they use it for a lot of the white schools and their competitions, mm. their swim meets, their dive competitions. So I'm like, we can't get our programs funded, but we can sell it out for other, like sometimes colleges are competing on our turf. Mm. So, but the kids that are there, they're like, why do we have, now the kids are, that we lost the magnet program out there in Kansas mm. City, the kids are like, what are we doing with this wrestling room? Why do we have a fencing room? Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm, don't worry. I got some retired athletes now. We're about to restart these programs. We're going to go it. private. Love We're going to go back to like, and, and also Kansas City is home to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Mm. Negro Ooh, Leagues was founded yeah. in Kansas City, Missouri. So when you grow up and you know that, and we have the jazz and all the culture, mm -hmm. and you're just like, no, Kansas City is a place where we can start things and it can funnel out from the heart center of the yep. United States to other places. So I was just like, I'm going to first tell people about what Kansas City is all about. Even coming to Atlanta, they were like, there's black people in Kansas. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. I guess all they yes. know is Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, we got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. So I was really excited to talk about my hometown. And I think sometimes, you know, I don't even realize it, but my passion is coming through my mm. ambition sometimes. And I'm just like, no, I'm not even ambitious. I'm telling you what I'm about to do. Right. I'm, I'm foretelling, foreshadowing mm. here. So I think, mm -hmm. and then, you know, listening to my clients about what can we do better and, and just being happy that, you know, we are even in a position to help, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times it's like an investment. Sometimes I'm spending more money than what I'm making, but I reinvest it. Mm -hmm. right. So mm -hmm. I, I better have some passion because when you own your own business, nobody's going to tell you, get up. You know, my dad, he still kind of calls me seven o'clock in the morning. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? But other than that, nobody's really going to say you need to get up and you need to have these creative ideas. We have to be creative. You know, yeah. we are creators yeah. for sure. Oh my gosh. What a, <laughs> everything you said, I love. I mean, it's just, it, it makes so much sense. And, you know, having something from the heartland, I think, you know, coming from a coastal, okay, I'm California. So California mm. native, we always think we're the center, <laughs> but it's not, or left the center. You center know? of the Pacific. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, I also lived in New York, so I know yeah, their cool. like whole, you know, idea of being like the city of all cities. So I get it. So I, it's really cool to see like more of the efforts 
being made from all different parts of our country because in reality, you know, we all have to band together to do the work that we're doing. So it's just great to hear all that passion. Um, as we are wrapping, I would love for you to tell our audience, what are some tips or anything, words of wisdom that you might give someone who is looking to become a sports agent or looking to become part of, um, you know, a, a publicist even, because mm-hmm. I know, I know a few publicists and it's burnt, it's burnout. Yeah. I had a friend tell me like she burned out and I was just like, I'll make sure that never happens. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah it's, <laughs> it's a turnover on that one. So is there, are there anything, any tips or words that you can let our audience um, kind of know so they can, you know, sure. follow in their passion? For sure. In terms of like the sports agent world, um, start local, you know, start within your network, tap in. I mean, my cousin's Barry Sanders and that was my kind of my leading light and inspiration. Like, Ooh, pursued, go ahead. It's so when you, when it's that close to you, you know, so it might be a family member. It might be a friend, a child who is, is looking to go pro, follow their career, encourage them along the way. Don't be bandwagon. You know, if you see some early potential in somebody and you want to be a sports agent, it's about servicing the need of your client. Mm. So don't be afraid to walk up to them and say, hey, congratulations, you did well, because maybe they don't feel like they did well. And then they yeah. remember your kind words. So if you're starting local with your network, I mean, I could I, I would never get a Frank Tremiso in Italy if I wasn't looking at wrestling in my hometown first mm. and then say, oh, right. who's this kid? Mm. OK, so we're crossing over now. So, you know, starting local, start tapping into your network for sure. And in terms of media, um, anybody that wants to get into entertainment publicity, you have to stay on top of the trends. You mm-hmm. cannot get caught off guard. Um, and then finding relevancy. Public relations is about relationships. So sometimes I'm like, ooh, Hollywood and sports. I see the combination. So everybody was like, what are you talking yep. about? And then Kobe Bryant goes out and he gets an Oscar. That's and right. so I was like, yo, that's what kind of was my confirmation is like, Yo, man, we can do this. Don't Kobe don't let he didn't let nobody put him in a box. I love exactly. him. Rest in peace and yes. power and paradise. Yes. But yes. other than that, I was like, wow, I'm on to something. Then you know, I met David Beckham and Victoria, and I'm like, that's fashion and sports. And so you know, I'm like, some people they don't have the vision, but you see it in your mind and you see it for a reason. It's for you. It's for me to execute. Maybe they yeah. don't want to or have the passion and even the energy to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it. So. Whatever it is you kind of envision, man, act on it. Even if it's like, okay, I'm going to do some yoga and meditate on it, or I'm going to work out and sweat. Because sometimes you're thinking about it, you're working out, and then you're attracting phone calls. You're attracting text messages and LinkedIn. And people are like, oh, but you don't even realize that your energy that you're putting out, you're also drawing in. Mm, So, you know, in that way, I'm just like, man, just be determined. Do what you got to do. Just, man, stick it out and... You'll, you'll reach your 10-year mark and you'll be like, I can't believe we made it. What am I doing here? But it, it's, it's very rewarding. And I wouldn't be still doing it if I wasn't getting any rewards out of it. So right. I, I want to give back and then put in as much as I, you know, get, take from it. For sure. Oh my, I feel so inspired right now. <laughs> I, I'm like a coach. I'm like, 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 I'm
getting out the crystals, burning the incense. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Lila, you've given us life this weekend. We did it. We did each other. I love it. I love it. Um, Where can our audience follow you, find you, read about you? What what are some links? What are some handles? Where where are you at? Yeah, Instagram's the best because I update it the most daily to like in our in our stories. I share a lot of news, relatable news, but at Team EBMG, Team EBMG on Instagram. Um, and then my personal uh, Instagram is at Lady Lila Brown, L-I-L-A Brown, like the color. And then on Twitter, it's at EB Media Group. Okay. And so I just advise people, you know, come in, network, DM, slide mm. to the DMs. It's okay. You know, LinkedIn, if you see us on LinkedIn as well, Ella B Media Group, mm. it's okay. Like, definitely don't be afraid to reach out like you did. And let's collaborate. And here yeah. we are today. I know, I know. We just, I think we made the world a better place today. I'm just going to say it. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> so true. I'm motiv- I feel motivated. I thank feel you. very motivated. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to the Hoops Talk. We really appreciate it. It was super exciting to, um, you know, just hear your journey and hear what you're doing and making me think about a whole different, like the Olympics differently and those athletes differently. It's like, I totally agree with you. Some of these stories that we don't get to see are the ones that have such potential. And I'm excited now to like keep it going. Definitely check out the Olympics. Let me be your guide. We have really good times. Um, I'm telling you during the games, my clients are competing and I'm off somewhere watching (laughs) on the big screen, eating really good food. So (laughs) thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, when we come back, we'll, Karen and I will finish up uh, sports in the age of coronavirus. So we'll be back. And we are back. Ooh, that energy. Woof. I mean, I'm lit right now. We had, yeah. we were a guest on a podcast earlier this morning. We'll talk about that and share that when that happens. Like you said, Leela has just this energy. I love how she's just like, act on it right I mean that's kind of how we did this yeah because we could have been stuck in our thoughts about it but we're like act on it just do it you know what I love too though is I think that her like for her acting upon it is like an everyday thing exactly I feel like she has so many ideas all of the time she's just such an energy of like manifestation and, and of the moment, like, you know, where it was like, we're like, Oh, I, we had this idea for a podcast and we did it. And we're kind of like, okay, we're podcasting, you yeah. know, where yeah. she's just like every day she has Doing this energy that. of yep. ideas and man, you guys better be on the lookout Do Watch not out on Lila Brown. Yep. Um, we'll have all of her um, information where you can reach out to her team EBMG, I believe was her handle. So we'll have them all in our show notes, but very awesome way to kick off um, our weekend. And you know, when you hear it on Wednesday, you will be very delighted <laughs> as we are. Um, so, okay. So we're going to shift gears because I think there's a lot of stuff happening um, when it comes to the WNBA and the NBA mm-hmm. around the start of the season, what's right. been popping. And then also a lot of the social justice activities, especially in the WNBA that have been going on that I think would be um, great to highlight. One of the things that I thought was funny, and I'm just going to start off, is that, you know, way back when you and I spread that Maya Moore piece in the New York Times. Yes. 
Remember, we talked mm-hmm. about it on one of our episodes. She was so ahead of her time. Yeah. And this and was such before a great we example. were in the studio. I think yeah. we were still like recording in the closet. Right. Um, so it was it was way back. And um, I I think it's I don't I don't know. I don't want to say I think it's funny because I don't want to minimize, but I just found it interesting that all of a sudden ESPN is covering what she's doing. You know, and I'm like, you know, she's been doing this for a while. Yeah, like she sat out a whole season. Where yeah. were y'all on that? So, and at her height, you know, when she was like a Michael Jordan of her game, and or I shouldn't say that. That demeans her own like athleticism. So she was a Maya Moore of the Maya Moore, right? Um, and it's a better way of looking at yes. it. Yes. And she, um, uh, you know, she decided to step away from the game. And she continues because, you know, she ha- she is on roster. She decided to opt out for this season as well. So I just think it's interesting seeing, and I'm glad, like I should be glad and I should be like, oh yeah, you know what? It's getting on the mainstream, but it just also reminds me that this story has been happening and it has gotten no traction in something like an ESPN that people would get a broader audience to. Um, and I don't know, I find that, to be interesting good I'm glad you know but it's just like don't think it was like just happened right and let's all to remember it's always been black women who mm. support everybody else who are on the front lines for with all their allies and then uh, you know when it comes back down to it ignored right ignored for the fight that not only that they kind of deal with their day-to-day but the fight for others yeah yeah and also you know I just found this thing I'd never even I don't even think I've ever heard of this, like, uh, um, this comment, but tone policing. Oh, have you girl, heard about yes. that? So, you know, I didn't know about tone policing. Well, yeah. And you know, it's a thing too. It's, um, both, I think. And when uh, we're, when I say tone, it's like the tone of how of your you voice say something, say not like, not yeah. like a yeah. color thing, but like, yeah. yeah, I had a conversation with two of my um, black coworkers, female black coworkers, mm-hmm. right? And there's even a book out from another black female leader who's like, this is how you should talk in email so people don't oh my God. immediately have this angry black woman oh um, bias against you. And even my friend too, when she describes uh, scenarios with people, she'll write the whole, as per your last email, because you right. know, like, you, you know, this too, I think this is universal with women. It's like, yes, a bitch, I told you in the email a long time ago, <laughs> what I needed or what you need to do. And you know, they can't come at it from a bullet point. They yeah. have to sugarcoat all the time and they still are seen and perceived as like mm-hmm. bossy and pushy. And it's, it's cra- exhausting. It's exhausting. And it's, it's crippling. Crazy. Yeah, it's crippling. It's crippling. Yeah, because, you know, I I saw that and then I thought of an incident that we had on our Twitter oh. where, you know, someone asked why we were covering something, you know, and uh, one of our, uh, Jasmine Baker, actually, she said, you know, she tweeted out and the person was like, you don't have to be rude about it. And then Kendall, who's white, yeah. said, uh, it's not, she's not being rude. Not rude. Facts. So, you know, nexus. And then like the person responded with, I guess you're right. And I said, this is exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. You know, the fact that you are like making allowances for someone who's white and yet you're tone policing at the time. I didn't know that reference, but they're tone policing the black woman. And I was like, holy shit. Like I knew it happened. It's just now having a for me, the first wider time. eye, right? And or, or, or just like knowing that, that, uh, statement that those two words, 
which is, you know, something um, as I'm, as we all are continuing on learning in our education is something that I was just like, whoa. And also it kind of like, to your point, like it goes, can go back to things that you remember from your own career at certain places where you're just like, wait, you, I actually got a review that said it was gruff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with yeah. my performance? Yeah. And I think too, as a Latina and a brown woman, you, you probably have those same experiences as well. Very similar. And I think for me, where I know I have privilege is like, I get to play under this model minority and I could mm. be a bitch. Right. And sometimes mm. I do it when I see my other team members of other colors or, you know, potential, mm. any kind of bias against them. I see that they're, mm. they're not, people aren't hearing their message because of some kind of weird Right. wall or bias or prejudice and then, then I'll just be like no fuck that because yeah. you know go ahead go you know uh, you know I can hide under that guys and um why not use it for good because yeah. it's like it's not fair at all it isn't you know? and we say it all the time I mean you know I I hate to generalize but you know when you show your ass <laughs> white people especially white guys I can't help you and you know they it's funny because like you know people talk about affirmative action and get upset like oh so now companies are just hiring based on race I go no 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 you got to realize that everyone else from a different race or underprivileged background is working 10 times harder to get into that same position that maybe only took you two steps and someone else 10 so you guys are all crippling in your knees because you're gonna have way more competition for your position and you're gonna actually have to do your job that you got yeah. through your uncle's uncle because mm-hmm. there's someone who actually graduated from Harvard, full scholarship, mm-hmm. and is working three jobs during college and competing with you for the same job. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, we've had a lot of different guests that have had the we've had conversations with that have also brought to light that you know it's not just something that we're reading in the books. No or that we're like seeing on like a TV show or that maybe our experiences, like we don't equate them to maybe this, what's happening, but in reality, it, it is uh, what it is. It's yeah. like tone policing, it's yep. systemic. It's, yep. um, so yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm yeah. finding out so many interesting so things. So many and, things. I and finally s- watched 13th Amendment, Ava DuVernay. Oh yeah, that's a great, Netflix. Oh, that's powerful. I mean, yeah, it's powerful. super powerful. Like, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think too, like, you know, I've always been a black ally and um, always aware of sort of these high level things and, and I, I got it, right? Empathy. But when you watch that and you see how this country has shaped it into this mm-hmm. legal system, to make a profit out off of it's just like you want to throw up yeah. like that's fucked up can you imagine living that life like I can't and uh, you just see your privilege so much more because one we weren't taught that in school at all so we no. were able to close our eyes to it yeah but now that we know like how can you close your eyes to it yeah and um you know we don't see that macro microaggressions are part of the system mm-hmm. and when you think about like I've been watching a lot of like cartel drug shows, right? And <laughs> instead of killing someone, they want to torture someone by a million cuts. That's what microaggressions are. And yeah. I feel like that's what's happening to the black community is, you know, these minor, small microaggressions and, right. and bias and racial slurs and here and there. And like the way, even my, my friends say the way some white ladies look at them, it's almost like a, 
oh, you're beautiful, but, um, you know, like, it's like a weird, like, dis- I can't even describe it, but I've seen right. that face. And mm-hmm. I just like, can't imagine having to live life like that every fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why, you know, it's like what you, you had said, we are definitely, um, we need to be co-conspirators Yes, with black and female, you know, and men and really figure out how we get into it because we all rise when we help with Everyone. that movement. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it, it, it's not that difficult to understand. It's, it's that you don't want to. I th- yeah. There's a difference. Or you're privileged not to because yeah, but even you don't then, live it every day. Like if you can't even figure out a way to have the conversation with yourself oh, and, then, yeah. you know, Fuck then you're you. just most of the time it's just that. Like people you're are like, sad. oh, it's fear and this, that. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like when you've been someone who has been able to accomplish based on what is happening to someone else, then why would you have any, like, why would mm-hmm. you see the wrongs? You don't right. want to, no. you don't want to. And so, it, yeah, if you tell yourself, I'm not racist, you might be. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have to question that, like, you're like, yeah, mm, yeah there's, yeah. but you know what, have those questions. It's, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause also, you know, I'm a Mexican American, Latina ex, and we're having conversations within our community because yeah. there is a lot of racism in the, our community. The young you know? boy too, that was shot down in uh, Gardena. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was a secure, an armed security guard mm-hmm. working. And the cops just came and shot him. Mm-hmm. The I fuck. Mean, yeah, we have, there's a lot of work, but uh, it's good that it's, we're doing it and it's yeah. out in the open. And, um, you know, we just, it's a lot. And I mean, that's great because with the WNBA in particular, yeah, they've always been social justice. Always. Leaders. And, you know, even when Antonio brought up that number, right, there's only 144 slots. Mm. And the fact that these women are giving up such a coveted slot yeah. because they said uh, the plight of my people is much more important than me playing this game. And yeah. also I agree with like Kyrie. Kyrie made a great point. It's so, and it's crazy, huh? It must be 2020 when we're agreeing with we're Kyrie. We're agreeing Kyrie. What? But, Although, okay, say what you're going to say. Okay, that. yeah. Okay. Um, that sports is a distraction. It's like, um, you know, this is America. Like, we focus on the dancing and the partying and all that because it's a distraction to what's really happening out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why this movement has become so much bigger is because we haven't had the description because we've all been in shelter in place. And now yeah. we, our eyes are wide open and we can see, and let's keep that momentum. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, yeah, was, uh, the Kyrie thing, which was really interesting because we never agree with the Kyrie. Right. <laughs> we'll be Period. the first to admit that we we clown on him pretty hard. Um, but you know, the fact that he what he was trying to do was within his rights as vice president to yes. the the players association. And he wanted to have this conversation. And there was a lot of players that wanted to have the conversation. And be part so, of it because they exactly. weren't. And not just be like the nine superstars or whatever that had a call that everybody want, you know, that we need to be back in basketball those conversations could be had but this conversation that Kyrie decided to bring to the forefront was helpful to people that have these opinions not just about on the social justice front but on the safety right yes. there's a lot of this is things health with safety um uh, Kendrick Perkins who has a lot of opinions yes. I don't I don't have his 
I know he did a video. I don't have it in front of me, but he was trying to say that Kyrie's intentions were not what everybody thinks and that he was like, you know, oh, you that was your teammate. He's <laughs> like, well, he says, you don't know what he's really doing behind the scenes. So I don't really know what the, uh, he was on the jump and, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is he talking, talking about Kyrie's that? idea to open up a their own league, like a more black owned well, basketball league? It could be, but at the same time, like I was thinking about that and I, I can understand why initially you want to um, buy your own league, like having, oh, yeah, you, control, know, or, right? you know, but at the same time, it's like, by doing that, you're not changing. You're actually not changing what is the problem in the league. Yeah. And we, you're being adjacent to there, what the problem is. Yeah. The and league. there are other independent basketball leagues. It's already. like, you know, when you think about the public school system and the private school system. Oh, yeah. System, and then right? charter schools or private schools, yeah. and you're pulling away from the from funding public. of public education. Exactly. I agree with that. That's a great point. So that's kind of where I equate it to like, okay, Kyrie, I get that you want to have your own league, but then you're not fixing what actually is the problem within the league yeah maybe the retired athletes need to consider being part owners yeah um, or owning. Have, yeah and and we, we're seeing that right like yeah. we're seeing magic we're seeing a lot of like cream we're seeing sure. a lot of our older legends being a part of the organization um but you know like why did jay-z give up the nets like let's keep well, getting was, some mean, more black owners like i think he was kind of more like how drake yeah is part of Raptors. The first of five really funds, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like, if you're a major celebrity and you have, you are a fan of a team, go be part owner. Well, I know that um, uh, J Lo and A Rod are talking about buying the Mets. Oh yeah, you they mentioned keep, that. They I remember keep that. doing those conversations. But yeah, I don't know. I I think like you still you're not fixing the problem by going outside of it and trying to create something new. I think you need to still work with Within what you have to system. break it. Like by you know, or helping someone yeah. out. Like you can yeah. help to bring a WNBA team to the yeah. Uh, Bay. Yeah. And San Francisco you, exactly ne- needs, needs in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I agree instead with you. Instead of maybe, like, maybe instead of Aisha, like doing smoke or whatever that, that restaurant she can is. Help run, yeah. Start <laughs> do, talking run a WNBA team. team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I agree. It's like when we talk about tech, right. I, and you see a lot of the people of color and women getting pushed out because the environment's not built to them. I'm always like, Oh no, 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 stop. Don't yeah. leave. Right. Bring the fight within. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to have co-conspirators for that. Yes. And I don't like, I it's think te- the tech industry, that's a whole nother oh. t- podcast, but that alone has really had, has fooled a lot of people. And you yes. and I coming from inside mm-hmm. of the belly of the beast, beast. I'm going to tell you right now, it isn't what you think. Mm-mm. And you can read it all in my tell all book. <laughs> You can pay to read you can call what a it is. <laughs> you can get the audio book, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, but it's yeah. There's a lot of it that just all carries over and rolls over, and I do think fighting it from within, um, which I don't know. Which then maybe goes like there are some players, at least on the NBA side, that I've heard that said, you know, if we play. We will have the platform to keep pushing the focus right. of the right. movement because Fighting there'll it. be eyeballs, yeah. right? We'll have right. the audience so yep. we can still be yeah. focusing on the movement even as we play. Did you see, I think they were sharing around, someone had um, sort of mocked up some jerseys that had some, um, played around with the team's logo or font mm. treatment, but had some like social justice messages on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like an interesting thought, right. Um, yeah. kind of how like everyone wore Kobe or Gianna's number during the all-star sure. game. Um, 
And then there was another thing uh, I was thinking through. Like, yeah, they can, I mean, again, they're going to have to work a lot with the execs, like, or mm-hmm. advertisers to, to really control how this telecast is going to show or highlight yeah. the movement. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. You know, it's going to be tough. It's like when NASCAR took down the Confederate flag, I think that small action was very big um, yeah. and shown a, a, a light. And this is, this is a sport where their audience is not, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they had the cojones to do that. Like, come on, NBA, come on, NFL. Like, let's get rid of Redskins. Oh, like, God, don't even get me started with it, NFL. You know how Chiefs, I get. Like, like no. come on, let's. Yeah, I, uh, the NBA is definitely, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting. But on the WNBA side, you know, we've seen, um, we talked about Renee Montgomery. um, And she has decided to opt out of the 2020 WNBA season. You know, she believes that the time is now to uh, continue with the momentum of the movement. Um, and you got to respect that. And I know Sue Bird has come out on a couple of podcasts saying, you know what, it's a complex conversation. And in the end of the day, you have to do what is right for you. And I know yep. her and Megan have doubled down on what they're going to be doing as awesome. co-conspirators to uh, fight social justice, to help, you know, the communities where they, where they need to be. Um, and them too, they're LGBTQ, you know, that is also a community um, which is disenfranchised, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, the WNBA, you know, they are living their lives open yep. as athletes and as athletes in the LGBTQ community. And that's in the WNBA. Okay. How many, how many do you know in men's leagues who are gay that are openly gay? None. I think there's one there was in the one, NBA right now. Yeah. And they just, they would always have him on the bench. Like, I right. think, I don't even know if he had any minutes. Right. And the, I'm sorry, but if you do the math, you know, what is it like one out of five family members? Yeah. I mean, so you're yeah. starting five could potentially have someone from the LGBTQ community and exactly. they can't necessarily have the life that they want to have. Nope. Or, or I mean, they can. But, not, but it's like, who's going right, to, you know, what, the what's fullest. the bullshit? You know, when you hear, you hear all that machismo going on now, you know, where I forget what player was, the, one of the Knicks player that called someone a pussy on the, oh, you know, um, plays like was a it girl. Marcus Morris? Yeah, one of those. And you're just like, dude, like the fuck, fuck you. you come from? Yeah. <laughs> Play like a girl. Then, yeah, they're winners then bitch you know it's just it, it, it's it's insane but uh, so the yeah so the WNBA definitely you know that's part of what them coming back has been part of their conversation about social justice I don't think that Florida I think Florida needs to be taken off the table for everybody because they flaunt the protocols and they don't wear masks and their governor is Florida like, needs to just leave the U.S. Yeah, it and just, have it, Puerto like, Rico replace them as a state. It's not a bad idea, <laughs> but there we were saying there's more um, now. The, the, what was it? The Clemson team? The oh, just, Clemson football Clemson team. Clemson football yeah. team. Twenty three. Twenty three. And I thought they were safer on campus. No, and then uh, I mean. Who was it? Was it Antonio or someone else was saying, you know, they want to start up college sports again, but you're not going to have the students come back to campus. Right. The fuck? 
No, because uh, yeah, it was Antonio because he was saying like, you know, then you've totally taken them to be, uh, you know, it's no longer about about school. education. Yeah. It's not about education now. It's definitely about the money, and and mm-hmm. you know, I it'll be very interesting. And like I said, I don't think I we've heard um, everybody's roster. I don't know how plugged in everybody is. Um, and but you know, there's going to be some people who want to play, and we're not going to be upset at that either. Yeah. And- it's everyone's choice, which is yeah. great. You know, that's what some people were fighting for was the right to choose. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's like, think about it. If we were in this, you know, let, you know, working in the same company like mm-hmm. we were, right? And all of this was happening and there was a choice between working from home mm-hmm. and not. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to have the choice. But it also, if you're someone that's required to do something with people, it would have been nice to have a say. And I think that's what I'm seeing on Twitter is a lot of these NBA players don't have a say. Like decisions yeah. are being made there. Like Antonio mentioned, their union isn't as strong as like the MLB. Because the mm. MLB was literally like, you know what? If you're not going to give us our full pay, then you don't get any pay. We're not going to play. Right. You know, yeah. uh, it's kind of on them. Yeah. And know? so, you know, same with the NBA players. Like, you know, I saw Kuz's tweet. He was like, what is this? A fucking tracking device in terms of that <laughs> Corona ring? <laughs> And he's kind of right. I mean, they're going to want to track them because they don't want them out in the fucking skirts of Florida where the rates are high. But also it's like they have this technology to predict something three days. Why doesn't our healthcare officials or the people in the front lines have access to this? Like, again, when NBA players were getting tested for Corona before it was even available to other people, it's just insane The like, restructuring of resources and the focus yeah no the rest of this country is like going through so much right now yeah no i always say follow the money and that's what that's what is going to be at the end of the day and if you think it was different then i don't know where you've been right i don't you're not you're not a native you're not native crawl out of that rock you're, yeah, you're coming you're from like some other uh, country because you ain't from the United States of America if you didn't think to that, you know, it's all going to end with the money. Right. Um, also, which I thought was very interesting is uh, Shams Sharon. Why do I always fuck his name up? Shams. Shamwell. Shams. Shamwell. He, uh, Sharania. Sorry, I, I said it right now. Um, he tweeted out, what the NBA's Orlando campus I is cannot, going to have. Okay. Through, oh my God. Hotel amenities equals players only lounge with NBA 2K TVs, gaming, uh, pools and trails, barbers, manicurists, pedicurists. What? 24-hour VIP concierge, daily entertainment, movie screenings, DJ sets, video games, ping pong, pool, lawn, games. Uh, players can attend other games. Wait, which, wait, wait. My question is, though, it's available for them at a cost, or is this like an all-inclusive resort? I feel like it's an all- I ha- you know, I don't know the details. Fuck so, that. But, they got money. But, you know, on top of it, like, the fuck? I thought y'all were supposed to be, like, you play the game, and then you go and you, and, sec- yeah. like, quarantine yourself. But you're going to open yourself up to barbers and manicurists. Uh, yeah, manicures like, where are these people going concierge. from? And if you got it, then you could give it to and them. DJs. Like, yeah, I, now I'm, it's getting I'm not, out of I'm hand. I'm not understanding what this compound is. Oh. But it did prompt Alex English, who is a WNBPA board advocates yes, to ask yes. on Twitter, will their at WNBA sisters get the same treatment? 
at NBA should demand that they do. The players saying they want to sit out need to keep that same energy when it comes to women's rights and equality. Alex. You can't just pick and choose your issues when it comes to social justice. Yes. I was like, facts, Allyship, baby. I, I was just like, that's right. That's right. Where's that energy? Have that same energy all around, mm-hmm. all around. Mm-hmm. So we'll have the energy, have the energy a Karen has to call the cops <laughs> on someone just doing something arbitrary, you know? Christ, that whole phenom. Uh, I mean, well, it's not a phenom because they've always been doing it. Um, <laughs> and also, you know, as far as like the NBA too, Dwight Howard did have a statement, you know, that he um, had his agent, I believe, uh, put out and sent to CNN. And basically, I mean, it's pretty long, but he agrees with Kyrie and he thinks that basketball um, or any entertainment period isn't needed at this moment and will only be a distraction. He really wants people to focus on like their family and their home and how um, European colonization has stripped um, the rich history you know, and that the less distractions, uh, you'll be able to figure out like the nations that come out of families, black and African-American, um, is not a nation or nationality. It's time our families become their own nations. No basketball will get things resolved. So he's in the camp of like, you know, I feel like it's a distraction, all this entertainment and all this basketball is a distraction. This is a guy who's always had, you know, his spotlight has been very, a very interesting career, right? Where he was yep. kind of like big, you know, Superman. Um, and big then he guy. had a lot of injuries and then he had some, you know, um, stories, you know, happen to him in the public. Um, and then he kind of found like his Zen. He found like this, this place within him that brought him back to the Lakers. And then that was the Shams article too on him, right? With a whole yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, the death of the ego. He talked about that in that article. We covered it, and then we, um, you know, and then him coming to the Lakers, and you have the death of Kobe Bryant, which is someone like he had had that uh, friction with, you know, when he, they were both on the Lakers the first time. So he had made his peace with Kobe. So he'd had this like he has this trajectory you know in his career and in his personal life and he's taking this time to say like you know I think that we need to focus on basketball so maybe it could be that we're looking at some of the people that want to sit out have had more of this ability to have these trajectories or uh you know have had their you know you don't have to be an old person you know you know what I'm saying is like because sometimes life comes at you real fast and it doesn't matter the age you know um and so you know it could be that you're seeing people who've had maybe this type of journey or something feel that the need to want to sit sit this one out um and that maybe other people like Kyle Kuzma wants to play He's made no bones about it. Like he is all about the movement. He's doing things in Flint, going back home. Um, he, you know, doing collaborations to get money for um, Blue and what have you. But he wants to play. So, you know, it's, it is not a decision that is just like a yes or no. 
you know, it isn't. And I think that we're seeing that again, sports is really holding a mirror to what we're seeing in society and what we're seeing in our, uh, you know, our social, in our social consciousness, you Mm -hmm. know, in our culture and our society, Mm -hmm. we're seeing it be played out. But I also agree with you when you're saying like, why are the NBA players finding out about these like rings and this snitch hotline that, you know, CP3 is going to be calling. (laughs) If anyone's going to be using that as CP3, um, you know, uh, Chris Paul is going to be all about that snitch line. (laughs) So, you know, it, it is weird that they are finding out about these things on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that. Yeah. And that again goes to show that when no it respect. comes to the uh, plans that are going to af- directly affect them and their families, they're not being considered. They're, they're being considered, but not in a way where they're like, Hey, come and sit down and let's talk. have this conversation. Yeah. It's like, Oh, what can they wear that won't affect their game? these rings that's how they're being considered there's a good tweet though someone was like oh now the rockets will finally get a ring (laughs) (laughs) so at least there's that love you twitter (laughs) nba twitter love you that's a good one (laughs) that is a good one um well piggybacking on that um I, i thought it was interesting sports betting dime did go out and put some Ooh, uh, betting this. odds and props. I put it in our show here. You can check it out. But I thought this was really interesting. All right, I moved it. Um, because, wait, what did I do with this? Oh, it went down a page. It went okay, down a sorry. page. <laughs> um, so basically, they did an MVP odds. And they put Elena Ooh. Del Don okay. at the top for Washington Misses, mm-hmm. five to one. Right. Followed by Brittany Griner, Junkal Jones, Brianna Stewart, Neka, uh, uh, not her last name, uh, Ooh, Mike. I know her last name. Yeah. I've been saying it all a, the time. It's like Gianna's last name. Oh, sorry. Oh, I lost our page. Um, at, you got Liz Cambage, um, Asia Wilson, Sabrina Ionesco, <sighs> Natasha Howard, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, Sylvia Fowl. So, they already put out the MVPs, um, and well, that was their odds. And then you have um, odds a team goes twenty-two and zero are thirty-two thousand seven hundred seventy-five to one. Okay, so Whoa. you're betting uh, that you could bet there. Um, and That's then, a good bet, though. You know, <laughs> put a small one in. What's the right? Um, Your over under most wins is sixteen and a half games. Which seems like a lot if it's only twenty two games, yeah, right in, in the regular season before they do the playoffs, right? And then odds a coach is fired during the season seventy five to one. No. <laughs> we can only hope. Um, I would take that bet. I'm sure some the money on it, fired. baby. Put your money on it. Um, and then you have a, a over under for Sabrina I- Ionesco's average, which is 14, 14 uh, points per game. Uh, four and a half rebounds per game, uh, an average of 5.5 field goals, and then a 24 uh, point combination. Um, and then the odds Sabrina Ionesco, New York Liberty, played the first nationally broadcast game of the season, a uh, six to five, six over five. And then you have an over under TV viewers for WNBA 
opening day gain of seven hundred and fifteen thousand. I'm, I'm about to take these over. <laughs> like, I want to yeah, right? the house on some of these. It'd be interesting, right? Right. Um. So yeah. So bet on women. Bet on women. <laughs> it's not just an idea. It's yeah. Fact. Uh, Neka Umake. Sorry, her name. Oh, yeah. I apologize. Oh, I hope I don't get canceled for that. Um, okay, so that's all I had. That's all, folks. Same. I think that, you know, we're this conversation uh, until the NBA and the WNBA are actually tip off. There's going to be so many things happening that I can't oh, yeah. even tell you. Well, like, I hope we can keep up. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so that's it, folks. Uh, we had a great conversation with Lila Brown of Team EBMG. So mm-hmm. um, check her out on her handles. And then we're hoping that we're going to get um, Kendall back Aww. for our next show. Whenever that happens, I need to book someone. <laughs> oh, Christina Williams. Girls, hey, put TV. it out there. I would mm-hmm. love it. I love her. She's yeah. like iconic. Yeah. Oh, I love everything she does. Not a bad one. Maybe I'll reach out. So, as always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Hoops Talk. I hope you made it this far because if you did, you know, we, you love us and Your we fam. love you. You got, you got us. Um, as always, uh, make sure you subscribe and review Apple Podcasts, Spotify, set it at the top. I always say it at the end. Also, follow us and DM us on our social handles, Twitter and Instagram, at The Hoops Talking, and at TikTok, The Hoops Talk Podcast. And then also subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Hoops Talk Podcast, where you'll get to see our faces, my bad hair today, Ugh. Um, and also our guests. And um, yeah, we might have some bonus episodes coming out later this month. Um, we did a few animations and what have you, so Ooh, check that out. That. Um, but that's it. That's y'all. That's it, it y'all. That's it. We we are out of here. Karen, how do you want to keep it? You want to keep it sweaty, sweaty. And, and 